0: And I was about to go in and get another bottle of wine to keep going, said things to do through the day. And it was like that moment of clarity that people speak about, where it's like, this changes. And I just looked at it and I was like, I give up. I give up. I've got nothing. Oh, I feel quite emotional talking about it. Actually, it's like I just gave up at that point. And I was like, I need help. I can't do this. I've lost every ounce of fight. In my life, and it was a few weeks before my 24th birthday.
1: Welcome to Beyond the Matrix with your host, Edric Suber. Have you ever wondered if this is all there is in life? What lies beyond what we were made to believe? In this podcast, we're going to uncover real human stories of those who have taken courage to go off the beaten path and live in full authenticity. We're going to challenge what you believe is possible, fuel your spirit with courage and heart with warmth to fully live your truth. So buckle up and get ready for the Ride Beyond Beyond the matrix. Matrix. Welcome back to Beyond the Matrix. Today, I am graced by this very special woman, uh, whom I like to call the modern shaman because <laughs> her, her old life, um, we shared something in common where she used to live in Singapore uh, and she worked as a corporate and brand strategist. Uh, Before she decided to break away from all the social societal expectations and dive deep into the world of plant medicine and shamanic healing, bioenergetic healing, you name it. Like she's stepping her hands on like all of that. Uh, And now she has made it her mission to help specifically gifted and sensitive women to help their manifest their dreams into reality. So please help me to welcome our very special guest, Jessica Harris. (laughs)
0: thank you so much that was beautiful
1: (laughs) thanks for thanks for being here
0: yeah i'm really excited
1: maybe you can give us a little bit of uh, a brief of who you are and what what's your journey been like to get to where you are here today
0: yeah so i grew up in singapore we moved there in 1992 and it was like super expat life Mm. you know lots of privilege Mm. um but as i was adopted as a baby like i had this deep sense of separation and loss and grief within me that i didn't know was really there i didn't know why it was there because Mm -hmm. on the surface everything like a lot of things in my life it was like on the surface it looks really good yeah and underneath the pain was so intense and experiencing like depression from like six wow. years
1: old. And from six years really, old?
0: Yeah, literally ongoing for...
1: Wow, well, I don't even know year. if I could, like my earliest memory when was that? <laughs> and you experienced depression when you were six and how how, how did that yeah. feel like as a little young girl?
0: I didn't know what it was. I didn't understand it. Um, it was just like deep sadness that would happen um like going away on holiday for the summer and being with my grandparents and feeling very free and then coming home and i just remember holding my teddy bear
2: mm. crying
0: every night crying myself to sleep um all the time and like this this deep sadness that was there that kind of now i know was you know this early birth separation thing but
2: mm. it
0: just felt like a lot of sadness and a lot of looking at how other people were living and I was like why do other people find this so easy Because they're older now I'm like nobody <laughs> finds this yeah. thing easy but you know it just looked like everybody had their their life together and could manage and like everything mm. felt so overwhelming for me so it kind of carried on I tried to be the perfect good girl yeah for a long time and then in my teens I just went Screw this. I just don't want to care anymore. It's too heavy. And I went the exact opposite direction. And I was in very, very aggressive alcoholism from the age of 13 through to 23. There was expulsions, there was drugs, there was got being sent away to boarding school. Like there was just the whole, you know, and it was very, very, very intense and very painful. Mm. And I just remember this little voice inside me was like, just hang on, you'll find it. Mm. You'll find it. And I didn't know what it was, no, right? No. I was like, but there was this something, this tiny little thing inside me that was like, don't, you know, don't commit suicide yet. Like,
1: uh, but just, that, that, keep going. Cost, that crossed your mind.
0: Oh, consistently. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: When, when, when was that first suicide <sighs> I thought? Yeah.
0: Probably, I mean, about. 13 or 14 years old
1: oh at such a young age
0: yeah yeah and it's like this seemingly perfect life on the surface right hey. like you went to beautiful schools my parents were hugely supportive and mm. everything looked really good yeah and but the pain underneath yeah ah.
1: and it's something that people find it difficult to understand because like you said on the surface everything looks perfect and yeah. beautiful i i had an an acquaintance and his cousin just committed suicide about Mm. a month ago and it's the very exact same kind of scenario where like at least based on him like he looks very posh and like he went to good school like he he looks like he has it all together like his life has is like in order and like nobody got like why did he took his life because on the surface he seems to have everything that everyone is has asked for but yet it is exactly because of that that it felt so painful and lonely because yeah. that dissonance between what am I supposed to feel because of what I look and I have on the outside versus how I'm feeling on the inside. Yeah, and because it's really difficult for anyone to comprehend that, it makes it really lonely for 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 him to to go through this and bear it by himself. So I I, I guess it's similar to what you oh, were you went through completely. Yeah, because
0: you hear a lot of this. You should be so grateful. You should. Be happy you should you know appreciate what you have
2: mm.
0: and it's like when we have that deep level of like so whether it's trauma or just soul level stuff that we came here to work through just trying to be grateful mm. for a life that feels good doesn't really add up yeah. it's like i'm trying like we're doing our best out here but it's it's so much deeper than that it's like you know it has to start from the inside out i think
2: yeah
0: um and it's not sustainable people lose the energy and the will to like keep picking yourself up again and keep trying again keep being like right okay i've been smacked down again and let me just retry again to live the life that you know society says Mm -hmm. this works this looks really good do this but never feeling like connected To it. And it is exhausting. It is absolutely exhausting to keep like pretending that this is working. Right. It's so tiring. And I think that's where I got to. And that was like the shift moment for Mm. me, where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I remember standing outside a supermarket at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'd been drinking all night and to the point where I think I drank myself sober. And I was staring at the the supermarket sign and I was about to go in and get another bottle of wine to keep going, said so things to do through the day. And it was like that moment of clarity that people speak about where it's like this changes. And I just looked at it and I was like, I give up. I give up. I've got nothing. Oh, I feel quite emotional talking about it. Actually, it's like, I just gave up at that point. And I was like, I need help. I can't do this. I've lost every ounce of fight in my life. And it was a few weeks before my twenty fourth birthday. And it yeah, it was a big, big shift moment.
2: Mm. Got into
0: recovery and started changing things in my life. And it's been a long journey and haphazard one. And I've like just been experimenting on myself and putting my own kind of mental emotional (laughs) health at risk. But I'm like, I'm determined. Yeah. There's a better way, there's a different way of looking at these things. Yeah. And I believe it's possible. And I'm willing to be the
2: mm.
0: pained guinea pig that tries it until it works. Because I was like, absolutely know that it will. So yeah. I can say it does work. It yeah. It's not fun <laughs> a lot of the time. But wow. worth it.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're still here with us today. And yep. use, <laughs> use whatever pain that you have accumulated in your life and turn it into a gift that you're using to help so many other people. I'm sure that you've inspired through your story and through your work um and yeah i guess at that point particularly i felt it's the pain that you've been holding on to for years and years mm-hmm. for like a dozen of years to and then to, and then it accumulated to this uh random moment in the supermarket and what happened after that
0: i went into i went into 12-step recovery mm-hmm. um which was absolutely amazing for me it was like around the same time I kind of uh I got diagnosed with severe ADHD and then uh, within that year it was like uh getting into recovery um and starting to clean up the things that I had done it it was actually really easy for me to stop drinking and doing Mm. drugs like it wasn't I wasn't physically addicted to any of this it was a deep spiritual lack of connection Mm. um so it was easy me and actually very natural to dive into like starting to meditate, starting to do the work of the 12 steps, which have been absolutely amazing. I don't continue with it now, but it's it was absolutely pivotal to kind of create a foundation of self-awareness and meditating and most of all connecting to spirit, connecting to source, starting to like make amends, like fix the things that I had broken, recognize where I'd done harm and how i could clean that up so wow. that i didn't have to live with the shame
2: yeah of
0: that so i could look the world in the eye again and feel good about myself start to discover some self-love
2: yeah
0: and then i got yeah like invited into experiencing plant medicines and ceremonies and that really uh that was the first time i really felt at home wow. it was when i stepped into ceremony shamanic ceremony and i was like this this makes so much sense to me in a way that nothing else in my life ever has it was like this holding of space with the tools with the mm. with being with the body being with the breath being with nature reconnecting to the earth like all of these things were really mm. and things that so, we're, like, this is home
1: yeah things we never got exposed to in cities like singapore where yeah, you grew up completely. in like big buildings and you're put into the system where you're trained to chase after success and like significance and all of that and we're very disconnected from nature and mother earth and mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and spirituality yeah and better, so i'm just curious for the 24 year old jessica mm. who just had this moment of like okay i need to start doing something different what was like the first step for you because now that you look back i think you could mm. that all made sense but especially for someone who is listening to this and found themselves lost, like you did? How did they even get started?
2: Mm.
0: I think it was just, like, a breaking point. Mm. There was just a breaking point, honestly. It was... And I don't know if you can manufacture that. Mm. This is what I found, it like, over the last years working with clients like you cannot manufacture a surrender
2: Mm.
0: especially when you know if the will is really strong and we're taught to run our lives by the mind you know and by willpower and like go and do it push after the thing that you want all of this i don't know that you can manufacture it it was just like the the point of shift is when the the pain outweighs the pain of what is. Begins to outweigh the fear of the change, and we're so afraid of change. And literally, it's the only yeah. constant in our lives. And it's like just—I think the most valuable thing is like learn to get comfortable with discomfort mm. in the process of change because we're so scared of change. Yeah, and so we say, oh, "Well, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that." Because it's like I'm afraid of what I don't know is over there. Yeah. But when that pain gets bad enough, you kind of go, well, this really isn't working. I've, I'm out of answers and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm out of ideas. I've got nothing left. I feel like I've tried everything. In fact, even when I went into recovery, I think literally like in where I was at in my mindset, all I wanted was just just have some days where I could feel okay
2: mm. in my
0: body, uh, in my life. Not even aiming for happy, right? Mm-hmm. Just, like, I'm okay. Like, it was baseline. Yeah. And the other thing was, like, I just wanted to... It was, like, the next drama. Like, oh, look, I'm I'm going to recovery. And when that didn't work, then I would have the excuse to just be, like, I'm out. I'm done. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I'm not living life anymore. I, so it was just the next thing that I was, like, see, this isn't going to work either. But amazingly, it did, like, mm-hmm. immediately. So it was...
1: the 12 steps of recovery is that like a a framework that people follow to recover from alcohol addiction
0: yeah yeah it's all over the world it's um uh like based in Alcoholics Anonymous Mm. originally um and then there's Narcotics Anonymous I mean there's an anonymous for literally everything at this point yeah um but I think the beautiful thing in it is it is the the core teaching of it and why it works so much is because it's the addiction to control that mm-hmm. human beings have and it is surrendering control in order to come into alignment with something that is bigger that is higher wow that is more powerful you know by choice right Not like oh i'm gonna sit here and just wait for things to yeah. happen in my life but oh gosh okay actually i'm supported by something is unseen right something mm-hmm. the thing that makes the sunrise and the planets move and the you know, birds, cheap, whatever it is that's bigger, right. the forces of love, whatever it is in the world, like yeah. I would say, you know, source, universe, all wow. of this. but we connect to that. And then it's like, oh, I can stop the addiction to like yes. micromanaging, which takes so much energy to micromanage how that person's going to think about me,
1: mm-hmm. what that
0: judgment is, how I present myself to the yeah. world. You know all of this and it's yeah. like when we stop worrying about that we have so much energy for our creativity for yes. our joy for yeah. the good things right because we're not wasting this energy on like just holding it all together yeah in order to avoid being hurt or avoid anything changing we're constantly just like nope nope no don't let that change don't let that happen and it's like oh how about we just let it happen and then yeah. navigate it yeah. like it's a lot easier yeah
1: so. well who knew that a AA- Actually, it's very spiritual. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a completely surrender. spiritual <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I found it funny or paradoxical how sur- the art of surrendering, the act of surrendering is something that frees us from all the pain that we've been holding on to or we're trying to avoid, but at the same time, it's also what... Many of are. So when you surrender, you're, like, you're letting go of control and we're taught to... Have control over everything. Yep. Especially yep. in Singapore. <laughs> really,
0: especially in Singapore, it's like you must have this, and you must have <laughs> this, and you must you gotta
1: have the five Cs.
0: Five Cs, exactly.
1: <laughs> Credit card, cash, condo. Oh god, the kind
0: of car. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like.
1: Um, and I'm curious, when y- you were going through this really tough time, do you have any? support system do you talk to your parents while you were going through any of your friends understood what you were feeling Uh,
0: i felt very i think during my teens like when i was actively in um addiction and everything else my parents really tried to support me the best they could you know it was like let's try some medication let's try some therapy um none of which worked because i was a master liar and manipulator and it was just like I had no idea, right? was just living in a totally different delusional reality. Um, And so I kind of just rejected all of that and medications didn't work, obviously, because the problem was addiction, not at that time, that's what it was. Mm.
2: Um,
0: And then coming into... So I kind of rejected support and then coming into recovery and kind of starting to find myself a little bit more. I had real trouble receiving any kind of support and I was also super stubborn Mm. so things for like treatment for ADHD and stuff like that I was like nope not doing it absolutely I'm not learning to color code my life I am not which has paid off beautifully now Mm. Um, but I wasn't good at getting support but I did have support through uh, the recovery program because it is about community and then with the group of the beautiful community of people I started working with plant medicine with, I mean, we met weekly for a year and a half and we were very mm. tight knit and supported each other wow. in growing and, you know, showing up for one another.
1: Yeah. How did you find your ways into plant medicine?
0: It was really funny. It was like, um, a new year's resolution for me. I said, you know, universe, I will say yes to anything that is going to make me grow and make me uncomfortable Mm. and i remember like putting that intention out
2: there (laughs)
0: and it was because i was like you know what i didn't get sober to be afraid of life
2: Mm. i didn't
0: get sober to be afraid of what's out there i'm done i spent my whole life being terrified of everything so i was like no i'm gonna push my comfort zone bring it anything you (laughs) got and immediately what showed up was i met um these beautiful this these two beautiful brothers and a sister um in inner dance in an inner dance session i don't know if you've tried it before no it's very i don't even know how to explain it i'm not even going to try um, <laughs> but it's an energetic modality non-modality self-healing something i met them there and then i saw them again at a five rhythms class mm-hmm. in singapore and they they kind of pulled me to one side and said so hey so we're going to get together and we're going to fly to a place and am going to fly in a shaman and we're going to experience uh plant medicine when together was this? involved this was about six years
1: ago wow i didn't know that five of them existed 17. in singapore seven years ago
0: oh yeah even long before that like wow. my mom okay. started doing this work way before i did
1: wow yeah okay i guess it's just me yes so i only become consciously awakened about three years ago after I came back from Burning Man. And oh, then when beautiful. I came back to Singapore and I was like, whoa, like I found like a tantric community of people who do five rhythms and all these stuff. things just open up. I'm like Yeah. Are these things helpful? they always be helpful. just like my eyes just like open up to them?
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, they're all there just you know in hiding in Singapore. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. nobody understands yeah, us. Yeah, it's
1: yeah. just it's like yeah you put these filters on. Like if if you if you're not vibrating in that frequency like they might have been like all around you and beside you but like if you're not tuning into it like yeah they won't be visible to you
0: yeah completely
1: yeah Yeah.
0: and then it all opens up and it's like oh (laughs) it's all here it's amazing yeah yeah
1: wow so so your friends who you whom you met at five rhythms invited to this ceremony
0: wow do this plant medicine ceremony and uh, we started meeting every week and, you know, preparing and really going in depth. And it was super beautiful, I think, because it was such a, I say close. To, well, it was about 15 of us, um, which that later grew to about 25 of us. And it was a really beautiful journey. And I think it made such a profound impact. And I state this to people over and over again now. I'm like, you need community
2: mm-hmm. and
0: yeah. not do this journey on your own. It is too hard. You need to be held by people until you're going to allow the support in.
2: Because
0: you also need the reflections. Because honestly, like we can start on this journey of spirituality and like really go off on a tangent and like form some very interesting opinions that you know can really disconnect us from reality. Which I also managed to do, of course. It's just like I'm going to be spiritual like an addict, and just did that and. knows community that kind of could bring me back and ground me Mm. again and be like uh what are you doing can you just like be a human and like be here and learn to communicate and learn to be present yes all of that kind of stuff instead of being like i'm gonna go off and chase the aliens like it's like cool there's a place for that and how do we be here so i think community is like oh yeah the most important thing so that was really beautiful was that your first
1: breakthrough that like you we need to have community in our life.
0: I think it was um feeling understood. Mm. And I remember that in I remember that in my very first 12-step recovery meeting actually. I sat outside nervous to go in and then I went in and everyone was telling like talking about their stories because that is what they do in the first when someone new shows up and looking yeah. like a wreck. Um people share their stories so that we can hear that other people have gone through the same thing and i just yeah. remember sitting there and crying with relief the whole way through the meeting because they were speaking about things that i didn't have a language for mm. that i had felt and had no way of expressing the whole way through my life and i finally felt understood and felt un- and seen you know yeah. i felt seen in a way that even without saying anything, you know, I could just see myself in these other people and they were laughing about these things. And that was really pivotal for me and I was like, Mm -hmm, oh my God, there's hope. Someone else has gone through this and they've made it out and now they're happy. Like, they can laugh about this stuff. This was my deepest shame. Right. Like,
1: to what you shared about having that reflection in a community because otherwise you get caught in your own mind and you made all these stories and you you get thrown into like this darkness and then when you heard that everyone oh actually i'm not alone people are, there's people who share the same struggle and actually came out the other side and could laugh about it yeah that completely changed your perspective of so how you look at your own problem
0: absolutely completely It yeah. it's like oh this isn't this doesn't have to be a death sentence mm. this doesn't have to be miserable i mean especially coming out of addiction i was like how am I going to live without drinking and like if I'm not going to bar like I couldn't see beyond that world you know and just to have people around who are enjoying their lives living happy productive fulfilled lives with beautiful relationships um you know and getting to feel like good human beings in the world was incredibly reassuring and Mm. I think it's it's like that statement you know we're all just walking each other home yeah that's all we're doing is we're reminding each other we're not alone
2: yes
0: we're not separate you know we're all going through our own version of stuff and can we just love and support each other Mm -hmm. as we like you know and and lift one up one another up in that not keep each other stuck in that yes like lift each other up to move beyond what has been hard into oh remembering we're not alone in the pain we're also not alone in going for what we want to have and why
1: not right yeah like uh that's that's so beautiful which i have so much resonance to mm. in my i see that in my own you kind know, of awakening journey when i what shifted for me was the the focus and attention from me 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 to like us we mm. community collective and internally that had made me feel so much more abundant and so much more whole and because we're we're nothing without each other like what's the really? point if we're just living trying to fulfill our own desires and our mm-hmm. materialistic needs um it gives you like a temporary high and, yeah. the, the, and then you kept you're left feeling this voidness again and that's that's what happened to me until i i realized wow like being surrounded by good people, people who could truly see me and love me and allow me to love them back that is what gives me life
0: yeah completely like that's the point right that's... yeah
1: yeah
2: that's it <laughs> nailed it okay um
1: i want to kind of go on with your journey so you uh you explore plant medicine mm. and yeah. how did that kind of propel your journey into this spirituality and discovering yourself and feeling that kind of void and pain that you've been carrying with you
0: so i think being involved with plant medicine connected me back to intuition connected me back to being like oh there was like an ancient memory that was awakened right Mm -hmm. That's like oh you know when the shaman's working with the sage and the the music and the sound within ceremony it's like wow like I remember this and I feel like I could just start to do this yeah in in my own way um and luckily we you know in this beautiful community had the chance to be practicing we'd meet for sound circles and you know be saging each other every week (laughs) and all of the things and practice with these tools and and just get access to something different that started to awaken that kind of inherent memory and knowing um you know i'm I'm always super hesitant to be like oh and the sage and the, the medicines and stuff because it's like these are very very indigenous and while i believe they should be shared with absolutely everyone i also believe we've done a great disservice and things need to be balanced and equal first before we can just be like cool share all the tools um but i think within us there is primal memory of working with plants there is primal memory of working mm. with sound with vibration
2: yeah
0: with uh what else like the the with smokes with yeah. the drum.
1: this is very root, rooted to our ancient tradition and our ancestors this is what yeah. they worked with right like uh tribal drums and and yeah they, we, we used to all live in the jungle and this is what We all used to work with and are familiar with, but we're so disconnected to now in our modern age. So
0: disconnected, and other, you know, some societies more than others, I think. And we've, you know, we've replaced the beauty and the potency of ceremony and ritual with things like get drunk on your graduation, Mm. Uh, you know get a car for your 21st birthday or you know when you get married you have a big party like and it's it's like that's beautiful and that's fun and that's amazing and there's something incredibly special about literally just getting into a circle oh yeah for the purpose of creative expression, yeah singing and praying together, dancing together, sharing vulnerable heart truths
2: mm. and prayers
0: and connecting to something that is greater. Yes. Or the hope of, of pouring some good into the world. Mm. There's something very, very different about that, something very, very healing. Yeah. Um, ritual and ceremony has been a huge uh, shift yeah. in my life for me, and it's something I continue to practice with for myself all the time. Yes. It's like that's where we walk between the worlds and we bring, you know, we can play with matter at that point, not for what we want, but just to say, Thank you, and like, you know, bring ourselves back into alignment with, with who we are.
2: Because mm-hmm. we don't
0: get into those depths of ourselves. Yes. I think. Yeah. And one of the things I realized was um, I think I was on the top of a mountain doing like I was doing a New Year's pilgrimage up to a temple for myself. And I sat there and I was just realizing, I was like, wow, we get to we often interact with people at the mind.
1: Mm. level
0: yes um the emotion body level sometimes kind of but then there's like the deeper emotions and underneath Mm. all of that there's soul and that's where our creation creativity really comes from that divine child but so Mm. a few of us get down into those layers you know like really intentionally and so i think Mm. ceremony gives us the chance to to do that like divine sacred play like just be a child and sing and dance and and all of the things it's it's who we truly are and want to be but it's so squashed under layers of stuff right like and i think that's that's the beauty of it plant medicine or no plant medicine i think it's a beautiful transition into this stuff for people and it's the like cool alluring thing to do at the moment it's profoundly healing beautiful and I think what was most profound for me was the community was the actually getting back into like being an embodiment mm. kind of practices and and prayer and all of that so it's like you are the medicine yeah we only t- work with the medicines to discover that we were it all along mm.
2: right like
0: that's really it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like oh i was the answer <laughs> looking for <it>. cool okay <laughs>
1: um i had goosebumps when you shared about all these different depths that we get to access in ceremonies because mm-hmm. you articulated so well how I was feeling in different situations in my life because I think you know we're all we all contain multitude we are made out of like very different we get to access different states like mm-hmm. we're not just like one thing there's so many different things and in different environment different situation around different people we get to access different parts of us and that's what happened in ceremonies the moment mm-hmm. It doesn't like say, it doesn't have to involve any medicine, just the act of like getting into a circle it I felt the shift energetically in me like okay, I'm coming I'm dropping into my heart, yeah I stopped being in my head and my mind and I'm really coming into the soul mm. and and it's this thing that a lot of people these days on the modern age don't get to access because we're so hooked in the mind and the stimulations and all these things that get us. Um, separated from the, our core inner child and our heart and our soul and that you just really highlighted the importance of community and coming together and reminding each other and walking each other home mm. to we, who we truly are because a lot of us now forget like what it truly means to be human
0: <laughs> we really do it's um, yeah being being human being here and being seen and connected to each other right it's it's so big and in ceremony specifically like you were you were articulating that really well it's like yeah I come out of the mind Mm. and I'm just there as me and it was recognizing that in ceremony um we my medicine community I didn't have a clue what any of them did for jobs (laughs) for the first years I knew them and then like a year later I was like Wow, I never knew <gasps> that you did investment banking. That's so weird.
1: That is true. That is exactly I was my no experience when, <laughs> I was with, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I started with Yeah. Yeah. When I sat with my first IA ceremony, I like no clue whatever, like none of them what what they did. And then only a few days or a few weeks later, I was like, whoa, this person is actually like just top four's like most influential women. You know, I was like, but she looks so humble and like everyone was like so down to earth. Like, and that's what the ceremonies uh, bring us to this place yeah. of like equity. Everyone is on the same level feel, playing field and we see everyone as equal. Like there's yeah. no separation.
0: Yeah, there's no space for the ego and for the roles that we play. And it's, you know, and that's such a beautiful, precious gift, I think, because we have to constantly be playing roles in our lives all of the time. It's like, wow, do I just get to, to drop that And, like, I'd go back to Singapore and just hold, like, cacao ceremony or Mm -hmm. circles or just, you know, chances to come together. And nobody gets to introduce them. They might get to say their name. Um, I might ask them to say, you know, what brought you here today? But no one's introducing, like, who you are, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Because that's the most common thing. We're like, what do you do? And then we see people in that way immediately. We have put a a veil up that's like, that is their role. And that's it.
1: It put people into boxes. Yeah. Right from the moment we know what they do.
0: Exactly. And we create levels of separation immediately. So you come to a circle or a ceremony and literally sit there and people have like your name. Sometimes I wouldn't even give them that space. I'd be like, We're going straight in. And just do like simple eye gazing. Mm. And people would cry within the first five minutes of that kind of space that's held because they no one's looked them in the eyes with love in that long, mm. you know? And it's like just being appreciated for just being, just being human, yeah. just being alive, being Yes, there. We are so taught that our worth is dependent yes. on our career, our money, our job, our achievements and all of this. And it's like, it's just not. We just get to be, we just get to like sit there and yeah. be loved and that's it yeah and that's transformative because we haven't been taught that on the planet you know especially in like the consumerism oh where yes it's like, yes no no you've got to do these 18 million things before you are worthy of love and oh my like, god
1: yeah
0: heavy to yeah
1: me. yeah that was my own journey too like thinking i need to fight for my rights to be loved yeah like it's to to feel that I was accepted, to feel that I deserve to be loved, I need to prove myself. I need to have the best mm-hmm. job, make the most money, get the most fame, and these are all distractions. Yeah, from feeling that wholeness that we already are, that already is present in in us, that we don't need to fight or prove anything because we are a love, and that is our existence itself is already a miracle. Can you yeah. th- If you think about...
0: It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we are amazing. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. How we got here as a species and the fact that we're here today, it's already a miracle. And we society makes us not think about that and think that we have to prove that we are worthy of something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I felt like I spent my life trying to prove something. <laughs> And it was a huge realization where I was like, oh, I've, I've got nothing to prove. Mm. And the more I spend time, I think I mo- noticed it most of my parents because I had very challenging relationships with them when I was in active addiction and all of this. And then even when I got into recovery and life started changing, it was still really difficult. And I realized that because I kept trying to prove
2: Mm -hmm. I'm
0: going to be different now, I'm going to be better, this striving, even in spirituality, in meditation, in practice, in embodiment, in self-improvement, there was still this striving. And I think this is a really big trap we can fall into. Like I wanted to prove that I was going to be better, that I was going to be Mm -hmm. more, that I was going to be you know, successful in this way. And I realized that because I was constantly trying to improve myself and compensate for my past Mm. that I saw as bad and shameful and wrong my parents weren't getting to experience who I was becoming they were experiencing a version of me that was trying to be sorry and you know yeah trying to like prove that like it's see me see me that things are different like you know i'm I'm going to be the daughter that you wanted me to be and in spending all my time in projecting that role they were missing out on who i was actually becoming and i was like i don't want to wait till my parents are dead and gone to be my full self i want them to get to experience the gift of me and that's actually all they want who i am fully when i am free within myself never mind trying to make it up to them or prove something to the outside world just be happy in myself and that's going to be such a blessing for them because that's all they ever wanted
2: mm-hmm. you know
0: and it's like when we drop the proving and striving even in the self-development yeah. and in the growing then we get the space to just be and yes. then just miraculous things start to happen yeah in our lives
1: i just wanted to highlight what you just said because it's it's very deep like how <laughs> in our growth journey and it's so easy to get caught in this process and to 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 still get trapped in this cycle of mm. wanting to prove yourself. Like, hey guys, I've changed. I look at how I'm different now. I'm so much better than who I was before. Which was the missing the whole point of like your growth and this whole spiritual journey. Which was to to just be and drop all these veils and a mask and all these armors. And just show up as like who you are. as raw and real. But I saw myself in that trap too. Like, hey guys, I just wanted to let you know that I'm so different now. Can you see me? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Acknowledge (laughs) how different I am.
1: (laughs) Wow. Yes. Seems like spiritual growth became your new addiction.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. It sounds like spirituality is the new alcohol. It's (laughs) It's
1: a healthier addiction, but it's still.
0: Yeah. But it can also be, you know, but the issue with that is that when we see alcoholism, we know that's not good, Mm.
2: right? We know that's not
0: good. And it can take us down very quickly. And whether that's, you know, people deal with all kinds of different stuff, whether it's depression, anxiety, eating disorders, whatever is, you know, the method of numbing that void, they can take us down very quickly because we know they're bad. On the other hand, when we get into something that is seemingly really good with spirituality and the the great paradoxes of life, you know, we have to be really careful with how we use things, how we interact with these things. And spirituality, I was so like, oh, I just want to be out of my body and in these Mm. amazing like you know, incredible experiences, essentially yeah. like being high on life and yeah. energy,
1: right? And you're still escaping from what you have to deal with because I've seen so many retreat junkies who go from one retreat after the other because okay. they just want to stay up up there. And they-
0: it's not possible. Life yeah. has pain. Life yes. has upset. Life has up and down. And we got to just like embrace that. Mm. And the chasing and running away from it just never works. And I actually ended up drinking again. I went back into a relapse because I was I was like, I'm better than this. AA doesn't work for me. I'm leaving and I'm going to go out on my own. And I lasted about a year and then, and then started drinking again. Because trying to hold the image again, the image of being spiritual and being aligned and all of this, it was too exhausting to maintain.
1: Yeah.
0: And it was only after that when I finally went, okay, actually for all this being spiritual nothing in my physical life is changing my relationships with my parents were still terrible like you know my finances weren't changing mm. my connection with people wasn't changing that much mm. I felt better in myself and I realized it's it's okay to get a little bit narcissistic on the spiritual journey for a while because we need to do some of that healing mm. and learn to like dis- distance from what we're told yeah but then we also have to come back around and go, okay, how is this going to change my yeah. finances, my relationship, oh, yeah. my communication, my work ethic, yeah. my level of ability to be kind and compassionate to other human beings and sense. show up to help people. You know, it's yeah. like we have to then come back to being human. And yeah, being in the That's
1: place. the most important piece that a lot of people on the spiritual journey miss, which was how do we integrate? How do we take yeah. away all these lessons that we got from the ceremonies and all these other dimensions that you were in for a while, and how can we bring it back to, mm-hmm. to this to this reality? Because this is where we live, and how we will relate to one another, and how we can we use that to transform our lives in a way that will allow us to come home and uh, mm-hmm. and, and walk people home. And this is the part that a lot of people miss because like it, it became like a their new addiction, their new high. Like oh, it, because it feels so good to be up there, I'm just gonna constantly chase after the high now.
0: Yeah. And then that can feel really lonely yeah you know it's like oh I, feeling like the weird spiritual one in the world or in yeah. the family yes can feel very lonely but it can also become this way of avoiding doing the harder work of mm. becoming vulnerable and open to receive yeah. love and deeper connection with human beings yes that can be sometimes more scary than staying out there as, like, the weird being that nobody understands me and (laughs) nobody gets my story, nobody knows how I feel because I'm out here doing this, like, this work, and it can be very, we look at it and we go, well, that's really egotistical, but actually it's very lonely and it's very rooted in insecurity, I think, to come back and be like, okay, I'm just going to be really uncomfortable Mm. in this attempting to receive love and support from humans or you know be vulnerable which we're not really taught to do yeah you know and it's harder i think to do that yes than it is to access all this because we are consciousness we know the things (laughs) you know the things once you start exploring you're like oh of course like it seems awakening is like the oh of course this makes perfect sense
2: Mm.
0: but it is that coming back and being like right so how am i going to use this to kind of change things for the good in my life yeah so that I'm topped up and I can actually be present Mm. for other people
2: yeah Um,
0: and that's the that's the piece right yeah it's hard it's hard to be present with other people with their vulnerability with their pain with our vulnerability and Mm -hmm. our pain We don't want anyone to see what's within us in case they don't love us. Mm. Oh my God, I'm becoming okay with the discomfort of rejection and all these things, right? It's just like, okay. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Back to where we started, becoming comfortable and uncomfortable. Yeah,
1: you touch on something very deep again, Jess, uh, which was how it's so much more difficult to deal with other people in their vulnerability than to be with ourselves and sit with our own pain. Mm. That's a much easier to do to like isolate ourselves and be the weird one and say like, oh, nobody gets me. I chose to live this path on my own because no way this is avoiding the deeper root cause of like your pain, which was, I don't know how to relate with all these people. I want to make good connections with all of them, but I just, I don't, I I don't have the courage to meet them in the yes and say, I love you. And I see you and accept you. Mm. And that's the real work in relationship with other people. Yeah. That's where the magic happens. That's also where the the, the deepest pain comes from.
0: <laughs> Completely. Yeah. It's what we're all walking around desperately wishing we could have is that deep love and connection. And then when it shows up, we're like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I was, I don't know about the rest of the world, but I was like so heavily armored because mm-hmm. I didn't trust anything or anyone again we all have our own different core wound that comes from you know usually the first seven years of life yeah for me it was birth so it wasn't even in my brain it wasn't even conscious it was just in my cells and it was Mm -hmm. like nope don't trust people never gonna let you see who I truly am never gonna let you within arm's length because you might leave and or you might not love me and Mm. that's too scary and too dangerous because it feels like death in my body it's like, nope, we avoid avoid that at all costs, and so to actually the process of breaking open, and I think that's why we're so scared is because it it isn't this natural, oh, this is so much love and amazing and mm. it can be at a certain level and you get deeper into real like grounded this is real life intimacy
2: mm-hmm.
0: Life breaks our heart open, right. Yeah it doesn't come with this like "Ah." (laughs) a lot of the time it looks like messily sobbing on the floor because you're like oh i took a risk of that (laughs) you know ben
1: and jerry ice cream too like we're watching netflix on the screen
0: yeah the grief of it all and realizing how separate we have been the the grief is what cracks us open Mm
1: -hmm. it's
0: my life i've been so much grief it's just crying it out and and present with that
1: and the irony is is what it's all this griefing and pain that connects us with our humanity yeah and without all of that we're just a robot like a a Mm -hmm. dopamine chasing robots you know like what separates us from like a machine who you can just program us to be happy all the time but we feel we have emotion and that's what makes us human
0: yeah yeah i think we keep as long as we keep doing this chasing of you know, uh, pleasure-seeking, pain avoidance is the cycle, but then we never truly break free. So we've got to get mm. that middle point, which is the I accept.
2: Mm. I
0: accept the pain. I accept the the pleasure and the the joy. They are actually one and the same. The flip sides of the same coin. And it's the human experience. And that's what I came here for.
2: Mm.
0: And once we start to accept it, then we can start to move out of that this exchange energetic that we have in the world, the give and take Mm. and this or this, which is limited. Yeah. When we go into acceptance, we start to shift the energy of our lives into the unlimited abundance, which is the, I give freely Mm. and I receive freely from over here and I give freely. And, you know, my receiving then expands my giving and my giving to you then expands your receiving. And then it, you know, passes Mm. on and it creates this, regenerative
2: yeah
0: energy in the world i think that's the like abundance and prosperity paradigm it's not about money it's about when we collectively win we
2: all
0: we all win but first we have to get into like okay there's pain yeah like get with the program (laughs)
2: life
0: is uncomfortable yeah and feeling deeper pain allows you to feel deeper
1: joy yes Yes. (laughs) and yes, <laughs>
0: throw both of those
1: both ways. You can't have it just like one or the other.
0: No, just, no, you know? the other one will come and <laughs> knock on the door at some point eventually.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't experience deep joy without experiencing deep pain because only when you went through deep pain, you appreciate deep joy. Yeah, like the worst part, I think of, of live. The worst version of living is when you're stuck in the middle. You don't feel joy. You don't feel sadness. You're just like yeah. floating around in life. And I see a lot of people living their life this way.
0: In numbness. In numbness. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of anything worse. This is why I refused to be... I think if someone had taken me to a psychiatrist over the last couple of years, they probably would have diagnosed me with, like, bipolar.
2: Mm. Because my
0: ups and downs were so extreme. Mm. But I couldn't think of anything worse than being numb. I was like, I will deal with the Mm. deepest suicidal depression in order to feel the creativity, love and joy and connection that I get to feel the rest of the time. Wow. And then by coming into the middle point, nervous system work, balance, Mm. prioritizing my energy, space to breathe, creating a life that works for me, not for what other people think it should. Yeah. It stops. It's like, oh, it's like adrenal fatigue and Mm -hmm. burnout that created that and actually i can live in the middle in that middle balance point
2: yeah not numb Mm. and
0: not numbed out it's like we go all over the place to come back to that middle but with full breadth of and depth of feeling it all and being able to welcome it all yeah not rejecting any any experience of of life Mm -hmm. that's available wow
1: i really commend you for your spirit to live and to feel the whole full aliveness of everything, instead of being numbed out. And
0: Thank you. It it looked not great many times. Um, I can imagine. Yeah. But my beautiful mother has been such an incredible support, just to hold through that and remind me like you can do hard things. And uh, but yeah, it was just this r- ridiculous stubbornness, mm. actually. But I felt like I didn't have a choice. Mm. You know, I was like, if I go back to Singapore and just get a full time job, like it will kill me. It mm. will make me so sick, physically, emotionally, mentally. Like it will make me so ill. And I just didn't have a choice. I was like, I'm like, this doesn't look like it's working. But I I have to keep trying. Yeah. Because that's that I know is not going to work. This at least. Something in me that is deeper is telling me that at some point it's going to work. And so it's just keeping going with that.
2: Mm. But I had
0: to take that option off the table, like to opt out of life. Yeah. It was like, no, no, there's no more plan B of of suicide and ending my own life. We take that off the table. Mm. You're literally only left with plan A. Cool. Mm let's do it like it's like just even you know those worst moments it's like this will change again and it will change again and it will change again Mm. and that's far more full and nourishing and rich i think in experience than to just knuckle down and settle down yeah and go back to what is easy supposedly but for my soul it wasn't easy right yeah do that so
1: how did that lead to what you're doing now today yeah so
0: wow it's been a beautifully messy spirally roundabout kind of path but all of the things that i've felt so passionate about which is like change from the inside out which Mm -hmm. is actually what branding should be about i believe (laughs) not about manipulation and profit it should be about living and breathing authentic values
2: mm. and
0: being the embodiment of that. And that's what got me into branding in the first place. I was like, wow, I could change the world and we can do, you know, all of these. <laughs> it can be sustainable in the back end. And
1: Wow. Not I've never like heard that. anyone explain branding and see branding from that deeper way and which should be but like now when we're building up branding oh how do we manipulate people to like buy more things from you
0: yeah so in if <laughs> uni they teach you about branding and marketing that it should be about expression of your core values <laughs> <but> that <laughs> only get into the real world of it and it's like how do we cut costs yeah. like raise the margins convince people they want to buy this thing they don't need and i was just like my poor little heart was like <clears throat> dying <laughs> and i was like I, I i can't i just want to Train in everything I can. Become a facilitator of life change because this has shifted everything for me. And I want to, on the side, I was like, I can help people with copywriting and branding and stuff like this, and helping them with their businesses uh, through. But people who are helping in the world, entrepreneurs who are making a difference, whether it's the body workers, the light workers, the coaches, the healers, all of these people. I was like, I want to help them and psychologists and. So I taught myself to build websites, to do the brand strategy by myself, to do all of these different things over years. And alongside that, I was training in different modalities and then working with my own clients in uh, ceremonial spaces, ritual spaces, retreats, and all of this. And um, now kind of brought it all together because I'm like, actually... I know that I have a gift for reading energy. Essentially, reading frequency is really what I can hone in on for people,
2: mm. and
0: that's that can be applied to many different things. But for the women I work with now, primarily I work with women long term, and it's like making this this shift where we go from I don't know. You've probably met plenty of healers and light workers and all of this, and it's like oh, the five D and mm. the, I do light language and. Yeah it's amazing and it's like cool what's that when it's at home like how's that going to create a tangible result for somebody Mm. and how are you going to embody a more grounded vision of your Mm. work and so it's kind of brought everything together the space holding the frequency reading so that i can guide them into more efficient use of their energy so that they can hold the energy of expansion, hold the energy of scaling a business, hold the energy of making more impact
2: on mm. the
0: planet. Because everyone's like, oh, I help these like five people who are in my community. There's <laughs> the same five people who come to everything. And it's like, cool. How about we do the energy shift so that you can, you know, reach hundreds of thousands of yes. people. What would it take to get there? Who do you have to be?
2: Mm.
0: What do you need to know? What do you need to get into alignment so that your mind is on board, your heart is on board, your body is on board mm-hmm. and your spirit is on board. And uh, it's soul-led movement in wow. the way. So that we're not doing this like for profit and there. And it's like, can we fit something, create something that fits like a really beautifully tailored jacket that feels super delicious and amazing. Yeah. And you get to actually share who you are with the world
2: mm-hmm. and not sacrifice
0: any of that. and put it out there and be... Doing good things, putting good energy out into the world, making loving impact, not taking. I think that was really what I wanted to apply mostly. It was just like i just I'm not behind this like take, take, take
2: yeah
0: thing. Or gross selling anything. Mm. It's like, no, we want to create harmony, create beauty, yeah, create equality, cool. <laughs> like yeah. all the beautiful things, right? Abundance yeah. for everybody
1: yeah and it makes such a difference in the way you put yourself out there and what you do as a business when you come from that heart-centered place oh completely yeah
0: huge change
1: huge difference and And i
0: think those are the only businesses that will survive mm -hmm. in the world at this point actually because we are going through a huge shift and it's like why do i do what i do and if you're feeling empty (laughs) around what you're doing like find that that purpose and start to look at what we can give in mm, the world. world. In the gene keys, uh Richard Rudd, who wrote the gene keys, in one of those gene keys it says the only way we can truly intentionally evolve our own consciousness and the consciousness of humanity is through true, true unconditional giving.
2: Mm. And that
0: is what I've found to be true in in this world and business, we have a hard time shifting that into how do I charge people money and still be unconditionally yeah. giving. But there's ways and that's the energetic alignment and how we bring harmony into our energetic interactions with everything
1: yeah i think yeah. now i fully get like what you do and why you target specifically sensitive and gifted women because i know a lot of these people who yes, are yeah. healers and uh, shamans and speak the light language but like you said they're, they're what to do now yeah. <laughs> all the skills that i have and Often they they like the ability to connect with uh, the reality and how do it. Do they share these yeah. gifts with the world and really uh, have real impact in this planet and not just you know be be out there all the time? Yeah. And you act as that bridge between highly spiritual dimension to yeah. like w- where most people are currently in this planet. Yeah. So I think that's such a such a precious and needed role that you're playing in this Mm, planet
0: thank you i hope it creates much (laughs) (laughs) magic for people and yeah it's like it's the two ends of the spectrum right it's not that everyone is like so out there and not doing it uh in a grounded way there is that end but then there's also the end of people have only got business solutions that look like hustle
2: Mm. the very
0: masculine, masculine commercial structures and people who are incredibly energetically sensitive, like will burn out so fast and they can't bring themselves to do anything that feels inauthentic. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, cool. Well, how do we bring more of the the 5D and the lightness and the out there into business mm-hmm. as well and actually create new structures around how we do it so
1: mm-hmm. that we're
0: not sacrificing any of that magic? Yes, But we're just creating a really beautiful space for it to play in. I mean, it's the masculine feminine. It's like yeah. create a good container yeah, and the energy can create really powerfully and yeah. it's held and it does the thing. But yeah, it's, mm. it's the
2: balance point. Mm.
1: Uh, we've come to the end of the episode now and I usually like to end by asking my guests to share any key takeaway that people can walk away with from the life of Jessica mm, Harris. The life
0: of Jessica <laughs> um, so, Choose to just do what you want to do with your life. Mm. Don't get trapped in I can't. And I would say the first, the key to everything and every anything is your nervous system.
1: Mm. (laughs) Sounds
0: like a random thing, but it's everything. Because when you feel safe in your body, your intuition activates. You can hear your soul. You can follow you know your inner guidance you can choose to follow your dreams you can interact with other people better when the nervous system is safe and relaxed
2: mm-hmm.
0: everything else starts to work and fall into place i really believe that that is the bridge between spirit and the body mm-hmm. is the nervous system. It's like start there and go for whatever you want to do because nothing is too weird <laughs> nothing is too strange keep at it it doesn't matter if it's messy on the way and it's painful and difficult and confusing like you get there in the end yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably it doesn't matter how yeah. it looks on the way it's
1: yes there's cool always
0: there's a way there's always, a way.
1: There's always light there at the is. end of the tunnel yeah and that's what I really took away from your experience you know having suffered from alcoholism and the pain and depression for like years and then all the pain really culminated to this point where you had this this breakthrough and then you're like I want to make this change and then your life shifted completely from there onward and you just give like people hope that your pain is worth something and it's because of the pain that you grow and that you become this person that you're meant to be in this planet like yeah pain is just people can see pain as like like all these things, I, why am I feeling this pain? But like to me now, through your story, it became more apparent that it's a gift that we're given and that we inherited in this planet. Mm-hmm. It just comes in the package of our life. That it it is what really propels us to be the the best version of us to be able to serve, to be able to feel, and to be able to mm-hmm. connect in a deeper in the deepest way. And 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 you were gifted with that and then you using that gift to share love and to shine more light in this planet so just want to thank you for mm-hmm. being who you are for surviving for thriving and for just lighting the world up with your gift
0: thank you it's been <laughs> such a pleasure to share thank yeah. you so
1: much um just one last thing if people were to f- want to find you want to work with you if- where can they find you
0: yeah, uh, on Instagram, probably the best one, or at my website. Everything is jessicaharris.love. <laughs> That's dot love.
2: dot love. <laughs>
0: um, But yeah, I'm going to actually start a podcast as well. Oh. I've been planning and recording and doing things for a little while. So hopefully in the next couple of months that'll go out. I feel like I have lots of opinions that need to be shared <laughs> about energy and... Oh, I'm so excited. ...and stretching and yeah. uh, uh, all of yeah. that. So
1: yeah having Actually, spoken to you just for because we just met <laughs> this last <laughs> yeah. one hour, I can totally tell that you're a very emotionally intelligent woman, and you touch on a lot of things that felt so dear. I had so many light bulb moments, so I just can't Beautiful. wait for you to share more about your knowledge and your perspectives and opinion about the world and and give people more in this like aha moments mm-hmm. that like life is just not black and white, and these are all these things that we need to be mindful of and explore and yeah, so I'm really excited to, to see the launch of your podcast. We'll make sure to put all the details in the show notes. Thank you so much. And with that, I just want to thank you, Jessica, for being on my show. It's just such a pleasure to hear your story and to to connect with you. you. And I'm really excited to see what you're up to uh, in, the, in the world. Thank you, I'm excited
0: to see what you're up to. You're being <laughs> such an amazing host, like supernatural and just connected in. It's a real pleasure. So. I haven't done this before.
1: <laughs> you really? Yeah. You're such a natural. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jessica. <laughs>